and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hello, I'm Pat Malone, and I'd like to welcome you to The Church in the Home, where we share the light of God's Word from our home to you. I know the truth of God's Word, and I believe what I heard, yeah, yeah. I believe what I heard. I believe what I heard, so I'm standing on the Word of God. So today I wanted to talk with you guys all about a woman, a really wonderful woman, and she's a woman that God highlights in the Bible. Um, Sometimes, you know, in my life I have reflected and thought about the woman that I am, and wanting to be my best self, wanting to be the best wife and mother and just person. And it's great because God never just leaves us to wonder about the important things in life. He always shows us. So he's shown us in the Bible that there's this woman. Some people call her the Proverbs 31 woman, and some people call her the virtuous woman. But she is this wonderful believer woman that we can all you know, look up to. And for women, you could aspire to be her. For men, if you're looking for a woman, you can know to look for these great traits. And it's, you know, funny because as you're reading it, it almost seems like, whoa, like she is way better than I could ever be. But God has showed us in the word that it's attainable because Ruth was called a virtuous woman by Boaz. And if you've never read the record of Ruth, I highly recommend it. It's one of those ones that would be like a great movie. It's very interesting, but she's just this wonderful, pure-hearted woman. So we're going to turn to Proverbs chapter 31, and we're going to get a deep look into what this virtuous woman is. So we're going to start in verse 10 of Proverbs 31. And it says, who can find a virtuous woman, question mark. And I'll stop right there. Um, What does this word virtuous even mean? You're hit with it right away. And it comes from the word cheil. And this word in other places in the Bible is translated as power or strength, might, valor, strong, valiant, and able. So before anyone goes thinking like, oh, women in the Bible are just supposed to be seen and not heard. And, you know, like, oh, you want me to be like a woman from the Bible? Well, you know, I'm strong and I have thoughts. And I've heard all of these things before. Well, God says he wants us to be this virtuous woman. And that woman is strong. She's mighty. She's valiant. She's able. So that right there just sets it you know, for how God wants it to be. Um, and it, it really, it just stands out to you. And then the next thing that stood out to me right away is the perception of this question. Who can find this virtuous woman? And it made me think of when you're talking to someone who runs a company and they're like, yeah, who can find someone who actually cares about their job these days, right? Who can find someone who's willing to work hard, who shows up on time, who does what I need them to do? And it's posed in a way that's like, You can't find that. Like, that's kind of the purpose of the question. Like, who can find a virtuous woman? Um, But that's not what this is at all. Um, It's a figure of speech called eroticis, and it's the asking of a question not to get information, um, but it's asked to make you wonder 
and to give you wonder and admiration about the character of this person. Mm. It's marveling. That's why the question is asked. It's not like you can't find it. It's like marvel at her. Marvel at this virtuous woman. It's um, commending people who have these virtues. And it isn't that it can't be found. It's that it should be admired. So when you're reading that, it's not that it's impossible. It's that it's something to wonder at, mm. that it's amazing. Mm. So we'll get back to it. Um, who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. So her price or her value. It says that it's far above rubies. Rubies were and are a precious gemstone. Um, and they have a very high value. They're mentioned only a few times in the Bible, but only one other time where something is said to be more precious than rubies. So turn to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. We're going to look at the only other thing besides the virtuous woman that is more precious than rubies with that comparison. So Proverbs 3.15 says she, and this is talking about wisdom. So we've been going through a lot of stuff with um, Solomon lately, and wisdom we know is a very important thing. He could ask for anything and he asked to be wise. And that was a wonderful choice because it opened him up to have a lot of wonderful other things. And it said that people came from near and far to get this wisdom from Solomon. So we know that wisdom is a really important and cherished thing. So she, wisdom is being personified here as a woman. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. So wisdom is so precious that all of the things that you could think to desire don't come close to how important having wisdom is. So that's a pretty big deal that it's so important, and it's it's valued more than rubies. And the only other thing is this virtuous woman. So that shows you how precious she is, how rare and how important this woman is. So we'll go back to Proverbs chapter 31 and we'll get into this woman. Um, let's see, Proverbs 31, we'll go to verse 11. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her so that he shall have no need of spoil. So he, the heart of her husband safely trusts in her. That means that he has complete confidence in her. There is no reason for him to doubt her in any way. And to say that there is no need of spoil means that he will not lack anything. Um, that word spoil sometimes is hard to understand. You might think like spoil of spoiled food or garbage or something that's not of value, but it's actually totally the opposite. It's like if there was pirates, right? And they went and took over another ship and like all of the jewels and everything that they take back, that's called a spoil. If you defeat an enemy, all of the great things that they have of value that they take, that's called spoil. Mm -hmm. So the word spoil here is like that. It's a prize that's taken away. So the husband, he has confidence her and in her and he lacks nothing. This woman is trustworthy and brings sufficiency in all things. Verse 12. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. And that's so beautiful. This woman, she has great character. That's something you learn right away. She's a woman of great character and she's accommodating. She takes care of him, her husband, and she takes care of the people in her life. 
um, verse 13. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. So she finds clothing for her family and she brings goodwill to her family. She is ingenious and industrious. She makes sure that everything is taken care of for them. And she works willingly with her hands. She's not afraid to work hard. She's not just some kept woman. She's working hard. And that's an important thing. Verse 14. She is like the merchant's ships. She bringeth her food from afar. So just like people today trade for goods, in the Bible times, they traded for goods. And the things that were traded from other places, um, these imported goods, they were very, very treasured things. It would be like if we went and got the finest wine from France or the best Cuban cigars, right? It's those things that you don't have that are great in other places, the very best things. So it's saying that she went and got the very best of everything for her family, that she provided just the top notch, the highest standard things for her family. She wasn't just, you know, letting them scrape by. So she's a woman who secures the absolute best of everything. She is an extremely proficient woman, and she's a compassionate woman. Verse 15, she riseth also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. So this virtuous woman, she's not lazy, right? She's a hardworking woman. We already saw that she's not afraid to work hard, but she doesn't waste the day away. She gets up in the morning, and she gets started on her tasks and what needs to be accomplished for the day. She's up, she's moving, she's working hard, she's taking care of the needs of her family for that day. But it also points out that she shares with others outside of her family, she blesses and cares for other people too. And that's a really important thing. It's not just that her life is just one that revolves around her husband or her kids, but she cares for other people. She takes care of, you know, for us, the other believers in our fellowship or people who are in need. So she blesses and cares for other people. She's dutiful and obliging and she's considerate. Verse 16, she considereth a field and buyeth it. With the fruit of her hands, she planteth a vineyard. So this, she considereth a field and buys it. So she gets together with her husband, right? And they talk about deciding to buy some land. And they decide, yeah, like we're going to purchase some land. And so she is this helpful, capable woman. And she goes and she uses her sharpness and she buys this land. She makes that purchase and she makes it happen smoothly. She will also tend a garden. So that vineyard, this is, she's providing healthy food for her family. She plants a garden and she tends it. She takes care of it and she makes healthy choices for them. This woman is capable. She's helpful. She's versatile and she's health conscious. These are important things to God and she's helpful in making important decisions. This woman is highly valued and she is, you know, someone who is not to be just overlooked. That's very clear that God doesn't just overlook people. He doesn't overlook women or anyone just because. Um, so she takes good care of her families and she is helpful. Verse 17, she girdeth her loins with strength and strengtheneth her arms. So she does physical work. She exercises. She's just in good physical condition. 
And you have to be, you know, if you're able to be up and running and taking care of a family and kids, you have to be able to take care of yourself. That's an important thing. That's what you would call self-care these days. You know, she makes sure that her needs are getting met and that she's doing those things. Verse 18, she perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. So she's confident in herself and she is confident that she's attractive to her husband or attractive, you know, just feeling good about herself. And then this other part of the verse, um, her candle goeth not out by night. That's a really cool thing. So in the East, they had these small little vessels and they were filled with oil and they had wicks made out of flax and these were to stay lit at all times. And it's not just that they didn't have electricity and they needed, you know, this candle to be able to see, but this had a very big significance in the East. Um, and it was the wife's job to make sure that this candle burned at all times. If it was left alone, it could easily run out of oil. It could start to smolder. It could smoke. The wick could burn out. She had to be like really vigilant to be noticing this, to be taking care of this because the candle represented the presence of God in the house. God is light and that light represented God's presence in your house. And if it went out, it signified that God's presence wasn't in your house, that it wasn't that important to you that you took care of this. So this was a night and day responsibility. And she had this responsibility to make sure that the light never went out. She recognized that there was a great significance to this and that she wanted God to not only be the center of her home, but her life. God was really important to this woman. And that's something important to recognize in yourself and maybe someone you're looking for that God needs to be the very top priority, that that candle not going out, it's in every single moment part of her life to keep God's presence in her home and with her family. And it's a job that she did joyfully. This was a great honor for her to get to do, to get to take care of. So she was efficient and she was watchful. Verse 19, she layeth her hands to the spindle and her hands hold the distaff. So she's making clothing um, and she spins wool for her family. So she is thrifty and she's talented. She has skill. Um, verse 20, she stretcheth out her hand to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. So she is a thoughtful woman. This woman that we should aspire to be, um, she's thoughtful. She takes care of those who have need. She sees that if there's needs that she can meet them and she does that. She takes care of the poor and the people who just have stuff going on in their lives. 21, she is not afraid of the snow for her household for all of her household are clothed with scarlet. So she would do great in New York because she's not afraid of the snow. But that word scarlet, her family's clothes with scarlet, that means double garments. So she makes sure that they are warm, that they are well taken care of. She makes sure that her family has all of their needs met um, and that they have no lack. If you have enough to have double garments on, then you're doing well. And so she makes sure that her family, every member of her household, is clothed and warm and doing well. She's this fearless woman, but she also believes for abundance. And that's important. 
verse 22. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. So it's saying that she's fashionable, but she's tasteful. Um, she carries herself and dresses in a way that brings pride to herself, to her husband, to her family. And she's a classy lady is what it's really saying. Purple in the Bible is used to indicate royalty. So when you see that, it's saying that she is refined, that she's this tasteful woman. And, you know, that itself is a rare trait for people to have. Um, verse 23. And as you're going through it, I mean, there's so much that you could just really sit and just think about all of these qualities that she has and what it takes in this day and age to still have those qualities. That these are all things that are still attainable, although, you know, you might not be spinning your own clothing, but you are still making choices that are thrifty. You are still making choices that are representing all of these things. Verse 23, her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. So that doesn't mean she just married a popular guy. Like it's, when in the East, elders sat at the gates, it was to bring judgment on religious or domestic matters that were brought before them. So people would come to the gates if they couldn't solve a problem or if they didn't know what to do in a situation. And the men that sat at these gates would give their best, wisest advice. They would help the people to make tough choices. So if a man was sitting at the gate, it was because he was known for his wisdom. So a wife, as God designed it, was to be man's helpmeet. We know that God gave Eve to Adam to be his helpmeet. And that as a good helpmeet, the woman um, brings out the best in her husband. And when you are yourself in a relationship or you're looking at what you want your partner to be in a relationship, I think this is one of the most undervalued things. Bringing out the best in someone. Are you bringing out the best in them or are you constantly like picking at that person to try to just kind of provoke them, get a little rise out of them? Or, you know, are you with someone who embarrasses you on purpose? I mean, I've seen relationships like that. Mm -hmm. This is someone who brings out the best in someone. They make you be better. And to do that, they're building you up. They're edifying you. So this woman, she's brought the best out of her husband. She's helped him to be someone that could be seen as respected. He's got a great representation. <laughs> reputation because she has helped him to have that and she hasn't done anything to knock him down in other people's eyes. So she has helped him to be wise and respected by the people. She's a credit to her husband and she is well loved by the people. So I thought that was pretty cool because at first it's, you know, it's hard to understand sometimes what all of these Eastern customs or traditions or things, what they mean. But this woman, she's someone to be proud of. Verse 24, she maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchant. So she helps her family financially and with the budget by making things and selling them in the marketplace, which is cool because I didn't even know the Facebook marketplace was around back then, but she's doing it and she's selling things. She's helping out with her family. She's a competent woman and she's a dependable woman. This is someone that her husband can look to and when times are tough, she's helping. She is his partner. Verse 25. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in time to come. 
So she is respected for her outstanding qualities and her faithful care of her family. And that's really important to take care of your family, to really just love people. It takes quite a bit of selfless giving. So she's a selfless woman. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. And I thought that was so beautiful because it ties back into that bringing out the best in people. When she opens her mouth, it's kindness, it's wisdom, and she's not tearing people down, she's not making them feel bad, and it takes quite a bit of self-control to have that. Where your tongue speaks the law of kindness, that means that's all she's speaking. She's a controlled woman, she is disciplined, and she holds herself accountable, which is very important. She's not just getting angry and responding in life or any of those kind of things, but she speaks love. She builds people up. She doesn't tear down with her words. Verse 27, she looketh well to the ways of her household and eateth not the bread of idleness. She is energetic. She's a good worker and she is a practical woman. Verse 28, her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. So she's not just a good wife, but she's a good mom. She's a good mother. She takes care of her family, and she is loved and beloved by them. They respect her. They reverence her. They have awe for her, it said, um, that She's just a woman that's worthy of love, and she gives it, and then she receives it back. And her children, they rise up, and they call her blessed. And, you know, as a mom, when you give so much of your heart and your life to someone, it feels really good when you get paid back with that love because taking care of kids has got to be one of the most selfless things you ever do. You give, and you give, and you give of yourself, and then they grow and they look at you and they respect you and they're in awe of you. And then you have that close relationship and it's, it's beautiful and it makes everything worth it. So this woman, she's a great mom and her kids love and they appreciate her. Verse 29, many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. So the phrase have done virtuously here actually should have read have acquired or gotten riches. So it's saying many women have gotten riches in life. Um, that's not that hard to do. Many women have acquired riches, but no matter how well a woman has done in material things, only the wives who live the principles of this truly virtuous woman are honorable, virtuous women. She excels above all of these other women who might have maybe more material things than she does because of the heart she has, because of the principles that she practices in her life. Mm. She is an honorable woman. Verse 30, favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. She's not a woman who's after these empty earthly rewards that sometimes people of the world give you. That's not where her heart is. That's not what she cares about. She's a woman who seeks God with her whole heart, and she goes after God. 
And that's such an important thing because there's a difference between someone just saying like, yeah, I love God and someone who seeks after God in everything they do in the day, right? It goes back to that candle not going out. God is the center of this woman's life and it's reflected in everything that she does. And if you don't have that or if you aren't that, work on that because that is so important. And the rewards that she's going to get those are eternal rewards for being a committed believer, for having respect and fear for God. Verse 31, give of her fruit of her hands and let her own works praise her in the gates. She's not bragging. She's not boasting. She's not full of herself or a look at me kind of woman, but she is humble. She is pure of heart, this virtuous woman. And I started thinking about it, and the woman that is described in this, she's not even a woman that has Holy Spirit. It wasn't available at that time for her to be born again. And I think of how much more is available to women today because they can be born again. They can have that Spirit of God in them. God can walk with you and talk with you, and He can give you wisdom in your life. You have this Word of God, this completed work of God, that you can refer to. And so this virtuous woman is highly attainable when you think about all that we have with God. It just takes that discipline. We talked earlier about this virtuous woman being disciplined and that she was disciplined spiritually and physically and mentally. She has to be on top of her emotions. She has to be aware of what she's doing. She has to work hard to be able to keep up this sort of life. And this woman, she's an incredible one, and she's quite the example. Um, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. First Timothy chapter two, verse nine, it says, I think I'm in, yep, okay. It says, in like manner also that women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shamefacedness and sobriety, not with broiled hair or broided hair or gold or pearls or costly array. Um, and I was looking at this because it's one of the other verses that is aimed at women. And she's told to adorn herself with these good works, um, the things which become women, a professing godliness. And that Greek word, the root of that Greek word, adorn, is cosmos, which implies an orderly and purposeful design. So when she's putting on these things in her life, the things that she wants to have, she is to do this with an orderly and a purposeful design. Mm. And God wants her to put on all of these good things. With every part of our lives revolving around God's word and will, we can adorn ourselves spiritually, mentally, and physically in a way that all that we do and all that we are brings the glory mm. to God. And that's what this virtuous woman is. She's putting on and doing all of these things that bring the glory to God in life. And that's what we want to do because we want to shine as that light in the world. We want to be lights. We want to surround ourselves with people who are a light. And this isn't just something that, okay, yes, the virtuous woman here, she is married. 
But single women, people who um, are just looking for that in someone, all of these things are still wonderful things to strive for personally. Wonderful things to be, whether you plan to be married or not. It's the discipline. It's the renewed mind. It's the believing to see all these things come to pass in your life. And it's that ordering yourself, right? Putting all the things in this wonderful order in your life where you are seeking God with your whole heart, where you are living for God, where you're bringing glory to God. Um, there is a woman in the Bible named Esther, and she was the wife of King, I'm not going to say it right, Ahasuerus. Um, and she was this wonderful, gracious, wise, giving woman. And she gave so much honor and respect to her husband that she saved a nation. And there are women like this that we can look at, that we can study, that we can be like. And um, it made me think about how sometimes undervalued a woman's influence can be. Women have this really wonderful God-given ability to influence the people around them. It's why when Solomon's life fell apart, it was because of these many, many, many wives that he had taken. But these women influenced him in a deep and real way. Mm. Women have a powerful influence and they can influence entire surroundings. So if you're a woman, be a virtuous one and make your influence that of something wonderful and godly. And if you're a man who's going to be putting himself in close contact with a woman, a wife, a girlfriend, something like that, Make sure you pick someone who's virtuous. Help bring out the best in her because this virtuous woman, she is highly valued and increasingly rare. You can't bring me down, the word is on my mind.